Stay a while and listen. Ladies and gentlemen, once you notice the truth, you never can forget it. It's possible to convert from a lie to the truth. But I never heard of anybody once having found the truth going back to a lie. All right, good afternoon. Welcome to the forecast. Um, after a very long hiatus, uh, back from the dead, we're here. Uh, my name is Case. I've got Ghost with me. Say hello, Ghost. Hello. And I've got, you know him, you love him. He's plum silly over peckers. I got Billy here too. Say hi, Billy. Hiatus, more like hyenas. Ah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so we tried to record this one time and we're going to try it again. Um, we're going to talk about red pill stories. Um, how we got into this thing, et cetera. Glad to be recording with the fellas again. But uh, Ghost, how about you start us off this time? Tell us how you got here, what it's done for you, um, and what you hope for the future, maybe? I don't know. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I've been thinking about it kind of since we tried to record last time, uh, as you mentioned. But um, yeah, I'd say that uh, like any real political interest whatsoever was going to school years ago uh, you know got into some talk radio stuff on the way to class and started listening to some local talk radio and then i was taking some classes uh my girlfriend at the time was uh, a uh, sociology major big leftist and so i was taking some of her classes to hang out with her just out of curiosity and uh got introduced to critical theory and you know, uh, how blacks were excused for committing crime because of oppression and whatnot, whereas poor whites, on the other hand, you know, that's just unexcusable. Uh, and then that was right around the time, actually, it was the same year that Barack Obama was running for office. So I also got nice lectures from the neo-Marxist, like self-titled uh, neo-Marxist professors about why it was so important to elect the first black president. And I'm naively raising my hand asking, well, what if I voted for somebody based on race? Wouldn't that be racist? You know? Um, but yeah, so that, that was kind of like the beginning of my starting to question things. And then really, uh, recently I was thinking, you know, this, the anniversary, uh, I guess five years now, Charlottesville, uh, yeah, I, remember, done that long. I know, right. I remember that, uh, event and that was really when I was, you know, I'd been listening to TRS and I'd been, you know, kind of like falling down the YouTube rabbit hole, so to speak, watching a lot of stuff that was going on online at the time, me more stuff and, uh, and, uh, you know, some of the debates and whatnot, Richard Spencer and Mike Enoch and all that uh, early YouTube, uh, you know, blood sport stuff. Uh, but when I saw the, the Unite the Right rally and saw people actually really standing up for, uh, you know, Southern heritage, so to speak, or like white heritage, uh, being the only people really doing it. And of course, being uh, smeared and 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 set up in a situation with James Fields uh, to try and make it look like terrorist action instead of what it was, which is a legal rally. Uh, hey, dude, you have to call it the deadly Unite the Right rally. Like that's right. That's like right. All I'm the sorry. news you have to call it that. Excuse it's a, me. The law. Yeah. <laughs> Asterisk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that that really like kind of got me rolling. I guess I really started to get uh, involved uh, a couple years ago, and then uh, just joined up you know, uh, getting vetted about a year ago, a little over a year ago now. So, uh, but, um, very happy that I did and, uh, hopes for the future. I actually am very hopeful. I've kind of gotten a little jaded with following mainstream politics these days. I'm more kind of watching for opportunity and, uh, 
and seeing the system like act in a very desperate way is is very white pilling actually so hell yeah i can't believe it's it's only been a year it seems like we've had you for a long time i know right um, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's i mean what i was gonna say yeah it's it's fucking weird <laughs> oh. so, so much has happened um yeah i mean college was a college is a, a huge thing it's what got me kind of started um i mean i guess i can get into to mine unless you want to want to talk any more about it any more in detail ghost no please go ahead yeah um, tell us about college man tell us how you experimented <laughs> with guys and stuff yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah they used to call me the the, the choo-choo come train back in college um so <laughs> I, they, I, they, <laughs> they probably called you uh Case the cum giddler. Case the cum guzzler. Casey the cum guzzler. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't really in college, uh, I guess. Um, I guess it was more like senior year of high school. Uh, and none of this, like, none of this stuff had really ramped up yet. Um, none of this SJW stuff. Uh, I was in high school before all that shit. Um, but I would always like, I always like noticed how the, the black kids stuck together um, and how almost like, you know, prison rules. But it's like that in like every facet of society, like the, the black kids look out for the black kids and the white kids look out for the white kids for the most part. Um, so like that was just a small thing I noticed growing up. Um, and I just I just always said nigger. Um just because it was just something everybody said. Uh, it wasn't like, I guess it's always been, you know, stigmatized or whatever. But um, where I was from, I mean, you know, the white kids would say that with each other. And even the black kids would say that around the white kids and vice versa. And they just wouldn't really care that much. It's not like back then you could run to the newspaper uh, or run to like Antifa on Twitter and say, this guy said the N word just didn't happen. Um but I guess, I guess it really ramped up when I, <clears throat> when I was already in college and uh, the real like SJW movement stuff kind of started. It really, uh, I know it's like kind of a meme, but it, it did start. A lot of the shit did like kind of kick off with like the GamerGate stuff and like oh, yeah. the the anti like the anti men stuff, um, radical feminism, uh, the new version of radical feminism. But I would uh, notice like at, at school and uh, at this college I went to that the first thing that really threw me off was um, a slut walk they had. And uh, it was it just made me feel like filthy to watch, uh, like these scantily clad, greasy looking women who do nothing but smoke weed all the time. And I guess fuck people all the time watching them go out there with like barely anything on on like you know, an institution of higher learning, like running around half naked, fucking just screaming about like, you know, my body or whatever. And, and it wasn't even like the, my body, my choice thing. Just like, I can do whatever I want with my body. I can have as many dicks inside me as I want. But, uh, that was like one of the things that like really started to set me off on like, all right, this stuff isn't right. And like, I always looked down on like, um, the people in my school who just like 
had like degenerative behavior, like whether it was like the fags at my school or whatever it was, it just, uh, I don't know. It just never sat right with me, all that shit. So it kind of, uh, evolved from there. And I, I switched schools after a bit and really, I guess, started to see like the anti-white side of things. It was really like starting to ramp up then, um, when I was almost done with college and, um, I, I had always like thought that like, you know, just straight up, I had always thought like quote unquote neo-Nazism was really fucking cool. Like it, I just liked the fucking, and it was mostly for like edgy stuff, but I was, I also agreed with them. Uh, you know, a lot of that old like skinhead stuff, it makes people feel tough. Right. So like, that's, uh, what really drew me into it. It was like, I guess the hyper masculinity, like the fighting, the drinking and shit. Um, so like the only only thing I really knew of that you could like get into was um, an organization that I won't name, uh, but it was, you know, very skinhead oriented. And I reached out to them. Um, and this was like, again, everyone who's listening to the show has heard me at one point talk about my fucking uh, boozing and cruising. But this was like at the peak um of my alcoholism and i was just like angry i was like fucking beat down like seeing all this shit start happening um but i was also like ramped up because of like the trump election and stuff like uh, i never really got too far on the trump train but like seeing how how pumped up it made everybody else it made me pumped up for it just by you know just contagious um so you know i was i i reached out to those guys and met up with some of those guys um started hanging out with some of those guys and uh it was just a lot of the same shit i had already been doing which is like sitting around and bitching and drinking um you know putting up swastika stuff over our, our college town like it was uh stuff that isn't useful you know what i mean um it was mostly like an outlet for my anger uh you know, and just being getting to be around with people who bitched as much as me, I guess, is the thing. Um, because you know, I, I I won't say like all skinhead types are like that because they're not. Uh, I just happened to gravitate, I guess, towards the ones that were like me, as as most people do, uh, with anything. But um, yeah. So I I hung out with with people like that for a while. Uh, just kind of being wild and and drinking and partying and shit um and then it was you know i finally was done with college and it was uh i don't know i kind of like was at at that point where i was uh at like i need to stop drinking like now um or it's you know or i'm just never going to and i'm gonna like die or whatever so um i like that's when i like finally made the decision to actually get sober um and I just never spoke to those guys again, not because I didn't want to, but uh, we just kind of, I guess, forgot about each other because um, they were still doing the same things. And I was trying to, like, do something better. Uh, but I've it was like right after Charlottesville. And um, I reached out to another group uh, that you know, I, I was like finding out about the alt right. You know what I mean? Like, I knew it was there. I knew like Richard Spencer was there. I knew TRS was there. Uh, but I never really took it super seriously because um, I was content with where I was. But I started seeing like, you know, dudes who were in really good shape, uh, you know, 
doing like real stuff that looked productive um that would in my opinion would have appealed to like you know your normal white guy um so i reached out to people like that and and got vetted uh started doing activism a bunch and um you know it was like really this side of the movement that like really brought me to my senses after i got sober of like yeah like i'm i'm going to i'm going to stick with this uh this like gives me a higher purpose and it absolutely did like there's no way i would i would have like continued like on a, the good path i was on if i had met like everybody i've met over the last like number of years uh doing this but definitely like finding out that there was something else besides like sitting around drinking and bitching uh is was like the biggest thing for me and just finding out that like there's guys out there who were trying to make like a, an actual positive change um instead of just causing a ruckus and, and acting like idiots uh you know i always i always tell people this but like the movement like really saved my life 100 i would be nowhere uh not work-wise not relationship wise nowhere if it hadn't been for everybody i've met um since i've gotten involved uh i've made the best friends of my life uh people that i know i can depend on um and like just imagining where i was like years ago before i did this stuff and imagining where i am now it's just fucking black and white man uh, it's it's really fucking awesome um that's why i harp on people so much to get vetted because like it's it's totally changed everything about my life um but anyway i hope that i hope that wasn't too rambly no i think you're good man i I was um uh perusing tablet mag today to try and find some uh potential, yeah. potential prep uh in the in the event we didn't talk about but we're doing you know red pill stories that's fine but it was funny because there's this one article about the white replacement theory and how it was from like you know a homosexual french philosopher and and all this and uh so the the jew writing the article is of course trying to make fun of white uh supremacists for adopting this phrase because they don't understand it because they're not intellectual because they're not you know capable of grasping the, the the higher points of the philosophy of some of these learned uh you know uh scholars i guess mm. but it's just funny because that's that's what they want to give you is like that uh you know um kind of just like boozing uh angry skinhead like ignorant not not like reading and it's just so not the movement um you mentioned some guys that were like you know uh had it together and were in better shape and whatnot there, there's there's you know the majority of people i've experienced uh being involved in the movement are like that and not the stereotype of like you know uh even though there are you know uh nazi skinhead punk rockers and whatnot uh it's just not really the majority of guys i've met really in this yeah. thing so <laughs> yeah that's just like you know for me that's just what uh this had always been portrayed as you know like right. uh, like way back i was that that was the vision i had of uh you know like white power and stuff um and i i mean really like one of the biggest influences and in like kind of uh showing me that there's like a much more intellectual side of this is like uh george lincoln rockwell like white power um and like i re you were talking about your college story i might have told y'all this one before but i was in a um it was like while i was still drinking and, and like being retarded but i was in this history class and of course, we started talking about Black History and MLK. 
um, and this was in college. And I don't know why I had the urge to say this. I know I was probably inebriated, but I, I just like <laughs> raised my hand. I was like, well, so don't you think that, uh, that George Lincoln Rockwell kind of did for white people, what MLK did for black people. And the guy, was like, the guy was like, excuse me. And I was like, you know, George Lincoln Rockwell. And he goes, um, the creator of the American Nazi party. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. And then he goes, get out of my classroom. <laughs> so I, well, I, yeah. It was really funny. It was, I had to do the walk of shame, but I had a huge shit eating grit on my face. You're asking too sensical of questions, I guess. Billy, your turn. Oh, my turn. Okay. Oh shit, dog. Well, you know, the reality of the matter is, is, I mean, as you boys might be able to tell, and as our listening audience might be able to tell, uh, I was born in a certain part of the world where uh, being a white supremacist used to be the norm, you know. And uh, as such, I was kind of, uh, you know, born, washed in the blood, as they say. And uh, so my granddad, he had been in the Klan. And, uh, you know, I grew up with it uh, to where, like, you know, uh, you don't you don't race mix. You don't do this or that. My, my parents grew up through the civil rights movement, so they had been uh, conditioned a certain way. And they tried to uh, impart that on me, but I always knew it was wrong. And, uh, you know, when I went out on my own and did my own thing, uh, I started looking up stuff. And, hell, this was shit, man. Back in the early aughts, I found David Duke. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, I started listening to what he had to say. I found uh, Don Black and Stormfront and all that. Uh, and this is way back, man. Like, yeah, yeah, I used to listen to Don Black, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, all the old heads know about that. But, like, you know, newer guys, they have no idea what I'm talking about. But, uh, and, and, and I got it. Like, I got it. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what we should be doing, you know. And uh, I always thought about moving up to Montana or Idaho, doing the pioneer little Europe thing. Um, you know, Howard Covington, I was a big fan of his. And that was yeah. something he always said, too, is, you know, we need to get fucking uh, white nationalists up here in the north northwest. And I always thought about doing it, man, I never did it. You know why I never did it? Tell me. Because I didn't want to be around a bunch of people who didn't talk like I do. <laughs> I feel you, bro. I feel you. Yeah. I lived up in North Dakota for some time, and yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> Them people, they don't get it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so like, you know, I, I went through it early, and then like I tried to suppress it. I tried. I was, you know, I was like, nah, people are people, you know? And I was in the service at the time, too. I was like, nah, people are people, man. You know, and then I uh, would get stuck on a crew that was uh, mostly Filipinos or niggers, and they wouldn't fucking get it. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, man, that was the worst, dude. And uh, but when I get put on a crew with a bunch of white boys, man, it didn't matter where we was from, whether it was from down south or the Midwest or whatever, 
didn't matter. Like we would get shit done. But when I was on a crew with a bunch of fucking uh, mudskins, you know, it was always a hard time, you know. So then when I got out of the service, I was like, man, let me look this stuff up, dude. I like this Howard Covenant guy. I like, I like what these guys are saying. And I got on the storm front and stuff, and I started, like, you know, making posts, like, hey, man, we should do something, you know? Like, oh, come on, let's get together. And then, like, you know, a couple feds messaged me or whatever. <laughs> right. And I was hey, like, hey, can, ah. you saw, can you saw off a shotgun, bud? Right. We can, we can hang out. That's right, dude. That's, that's pretty much what it was. They were like, you know, hey, man, you know, can you come <laughs> murder my sister? <laughs> you know, what are you I got talking this neighbor. about? Yeah. Like my sister been, my sister been fucking this black dude. Can you come kill her? You know, I'm like, what are you uh, talking about? Do some LSD and <laughs> learn how to build bombs. <laughs> so I got out of a storm front and then I just flailed around in the darkness for years. And then uh finally one day I heard TRS and I was like, oh shit. Oh shit. Oh yeah. man, these these boys from New York, they're making more <laughs> sense than anybody I've heard down here in the South. Damn! All right, mm-hmm. I'm with it. Let's get with it, dude. And then they were talking about joining the pool party, and dude, it took me forever to fucking find anybody that was interested in joining the pool party. And then finally, uh, Casey, our uh, nice. illustrious niggler. Mm-hmm. The illustrious Casey, he said, uh, hey, man, I'm putting together a pool party. You want to join? I was like, fuck yeah. And, dude, ever since then, it's been nothing but fucking ass over elbows, happiness, you know. There you go. Uh, you know, all we our We knew boys, each other beforehand, too. We knew each other a little true. bit beforehand. That is true, and you, you helped me out as well. That's another thing. You did help me out as well through a dark time. Um, you know, you, you yeah, uh, we won't get into that. But anyway, did y'all ever listen to, uh, we we're mentioning some of the personalities that we, uh, were exposed to like Harold Covington is a good one. Um, did you guys ever listen to Chris Cantwell back in the day? Nah, Radical not, not really back in the day. Didn't, I, I hate to, I hate to bring this up, but didn't Harold Covington end up being a, an informant or something? I don't know about that. Oh, I I, shit, yeah, did he? I, I wouldn't be surprised, but yeah. I don't know. I might be thinking of something else, but I think he did. I never really listened to Chris Cantwell, though. I listened to like uh, I listened to like Don Black and and that kind of stuff. But uh, who was the other guy? Fuck. Um, the guy who who actually was a federal informant. Uh, you know who I'm talking about? That the Yankee guy who would just say wild shit on the air. Oh. I think he was in Pennsylvania. Uh, oh, I don't know. I remember. Oh, uh, something Turner. Something Turner. Ralph Turner. I don't know. Not sure. But I remember uh, Chris Cantwell was the radical agenda. I was exposed to that around. I mentioned, you know, 2016 and Charlottesville and whatnot. And uh, it was funny. Maybe my libertarian leanings kind of identified with what he was going through. Because if you go back and listen, I did this later. And it's fucking hilarious. If you go back and listen on like archive.org or whatever, mm-hmm. they've got all, all of his episodes. And he, you know, he takes calls for most of the show. So you can listen to the first 15 minutes and get the gist of the show. 
uh, and cut through it pretty quick. But you listen to it in, in order, and it's like listening to an, a libertarian being red-pilled into being a Nazi Mm-hmm. Time. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's fucking hilarious dude because like the callers really were the ones they called in and like you know kept putting information in front of him that, that he couldn't uh you know excuse and so that's why it became like fucking nazi time you know after charlottesville but yeah well it, i guess you got a fucking point <laughs> that's right <laughs> you know you know who really got me man was dingo Oh yeah, 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 man. <laughs> yeah, dude. He used to call yeah. into the radical agenda all the time back in the day. As he did. calls into everything. He calls into every show. He calls into Ethan, Ralph. He calls into everybody. I know, right? He was my boy, man. I missed him. But here. back when he had his own show on TDS or TRS, uh, dude, like, like he got, like he sold me. Like I was like, oh shit, you know, here's a dude who talks like me, who thinks like me. And oh damn, man! Like he's talking to some dude from South Africa, and they're they're <laughs> chums, they're buddies, you know. Like fuck, dude, man, there is something to this. You know, South like Africa shit years. is classic, man. Upper Jack is a fucking man. What a king! I love that guy. When he starts ranting and raving and screaming with the, this righteous white rage, it just gets yeah. me going. I'm like punching holes in the wall, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dingo shit is great. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's cool. I like the Red Pill story content. F, you know, FTN does that every time they have a new guest. Uh, just a couple of things real quick while we were talking about this, though, I thought would maybe spur some more conversation is two of the biggest things for me getting involved were the JQ and racial realism. And uh, probably the latter before the former was, uh, you know, I mentioned the YouTube rabbit hole and race was a topic very heavy back early Trump era. Uh, online and then the JQ via TRS and conversations about the Holocaust and uh, you know debunking gas chambers with wooden doors and whatnot. Uh, Case, you kind of mentioned that you, ha- you had been involved in kind of you know radical like uh, skinhead stuff, and Bill, you kind of you know mentioned that you'd been steeped in the that politic from early on, but kind of got back into it later. What for you guys? I guess you know. You want to speak on the the race question or the JQ, kind of how those things developed for you? I mean, the race thing was like, again, kind of always there for me. Uh, again, not not even just because of like you know how my school was or haha inward. It was like, I don't know. I guess when I was a kid, I just always like had the assumption, uh, the correct assumption that uh, we were different. You know, like it's it. It's just obvious stuff. And I guess for me, when I was younger, I, I just like took that as fact immediately because it was stuff that I could see. Yeah. Um, the the JQ stuff came like way later for me. Uh, well, not way later, but like when I started getting into this stuff and uh, I don't know, it was a uh, it was it was just really weird. It just kind of like clicked after a while of, uh, you know, listening to content, reading stuff. Um, you know, just like going through the the World War history nerd rabbit hole type thing, uh, it just, I don't know. It just clicked. It, it's really hard to explain for me, but it just it just clicked one day. And yeah, I was there. It's it's funny how the uh, the the super anti racists that I know haven't had a lot of proximity with colored people. Um, yeah, 
<laughs> one of the things some of the TRS guys say is like proximity to niggers creates racism. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> if you actually spend time with them, then you you notice, like you said, they're different. Uh, I kind of had the same experience when I was in high school. I didn't really fit in. Uh, and I hung out with people from other schools and like my cousin and my girlfriend who were, were both at different high schools. So I hung out with a lot of blacks and it was pretty obvious that we were just different and they didn't, you know, I was not like officially in their clique and they weren't officially in mine just like naturally. And, uh, so yeah. Oh yeah. yeah your, your girlfriend went to a different high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah you guys wouldn't know her. She goes to a different school. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, uh, you know, again, uh, as my voice can uh, give away, I grew up in a certain part of the country. So, yeah, I grew up in, uh, you know, around a lot of coons. And, uh, yeah, the, ra the race question was never really a thing to me. Like, yeah, I, I learned early on, like, yeah, yeah, these people are different. And not only, not only are they different, but, you know, uh, when they see that white skin, uh, they want to get some off of you, you know. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, and I, I learned that early on too. Uh especially like, you know, uh playing playing cards or pogs. You guys remember pogs? No, uh, what's pogs? Uh you remember pogs is like a it was like a Hawaiian milk cap game. So you take these milk caps. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking up. about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you hit them with a slammer. And uh, however many pogs get flipped over, you know, you get. And then uh, the niggers always wanted to uh, sign money to that. And so uh, you know, <laughs> I, lear I learned how to gamble early, basically. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, the JQ was, uh, yeah, that was, that was something. It really did take me a long time because, you know, growing up where I did, man, you don't never see no Jews, you know, especially not yeah, in any kind of position of power or anything, you know? Uh, so it's hard to understand how the Jewish influence is behind the scenes. It's like, you know, I, I, I was always pretty Republican uh, throughout my youth. And I was like, yeah, no, 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 we, we just need to get our guy in. And then we get our guy in there and then, you know. And everyone will get along. Yeah, everybody will get along. And then everybody gets fucked over you know right yeah i uh it's funny like for me i think the jq came a little bit easier when it finally came because uh unlike maybe most of the guys that i've spoken to in this thing i actually was around a lot of jews growing up uh my my dad had jewish friends who had jewish children and uh when i was in school even college i, I had jewish friends and so uh, on top of that also well, also being brought up Christian and so like thinking, oh, well, they're just like us, right? The people of the book, they're just like, you know, the Old Testament people uh, always kind of thought like, oh, well, you know, there's no real difference. But also being uh, around them, noticing that they treated us like we were an, an other uh, was always kind of something that I had in the back of my mind. And then when I got serious about looking at the differences between religions and realized uh, some things about the Talmud and uh uh, you know, basically like looking at the Old Testament from a racial angle and things of that sort, all of a sudden it started to click. And then when I realized the, the Holocaust is basically a story they've been telling for 
thousands of years, like predating World War II. Uh, it's always, oh God, they're going to round us up and kill us. Hmm. It's almost like a murder fantasy because they have this weird thing in the back of their mind. They know what they're doing to us. So it's almost like a rape fantasy or something that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, uh, so it just, it, and, and funny enough, I, I do think TRS, uh, discussion of the Holocaust actually breaking down. I had never really examined the narrative. I, I never knew that most of the narrative, uh, was related to eyewitness testimony that were Jews or, you know, Sonder commandos or whatnot. I just, most people have no idea. I actually had, I went to Auschwitz and visited the gas chambers, in person, you know, when did I was, you, did, you, did you just sob and, sob I, and I actually got in trouble. My mom got angry because I was too irreverent. I was taking too many photographs. Okay. I was documenting, uh, that there were, there were no doors, uh, or, or tubes to drop cans of, <laughs> of gas through and the, the doors didn't look very secure. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, you know, I, I just kind of bought it hook, line, and sinker because I heard it in school and whatnot. But when you really start to dig into it, I mean, it just it falls apart pretty quickly. But most people, it's just a it's a shibboleth that you don't want to approach because the stigma, obviously, right? So, yeah, I did have like now that I think of it, I did grow up with like maybe two Jews, um, both like females. Uh, but I always like used to do, and this is like before I really realized everything about jews but i i used to do like a parody jewish voice uh like because of these two girls i knew and i used to just like relentlessly make fun of them um but it was like you know quote unquote in good fun at the time but yeah like i i do remember like i knew their my mom knew their family members and like they were just the most horrible old jewish women you could imagine just like bitched about everything super entitled like country club jews uh i haven't thought about that in in so long but that was like i guess that was like my first like wow these people are kind of unpleasant to be around well, there you go like your exposure to niggers versus your exposure to like a yenta kike like a, <laughs> a true uh jewish mother or jewish princess on the other hand like i've seen some of those in the business world and they are not fun to deal with you know They're horrible i mean most jews in the business world are horrible to deal with I've, Oh, yeah. I dealt with a few in my, uh, I guess, professional career, but they're they're horrible to deal with. They're horrible to uh, to do business with. They're horrible to negotiate with. Uh, it's a pain in the ass. I've never will... been fucked over on a on a business transaction by a white person. I've only ever been fucked over by a kike. So I've been fucked over by kikes and Indians. The worst, worst <laughs> business with on earth, dude. Indians are the absolute worst people to haggle with because they do that shit for fun. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Like if if you're working a sales job, uh, and and you are talking to an Indian, they will batter you down till you are bruised and defeated, and they're having fun, and they they still won't buy from you. They will they will shop around because they enjoy it, and they will buy the cheapest, shittiest deal possible. Uh, and then they're the kind of people that make like 10 service calls in one day. Like, why is the light on my camera not working or <laughs> something like that? Like, because you bought the worst camera on earth, you fucking idiot. Sorry, I hate I hate dealing with Indians and Jews in business. Anyway, I, I digress. Yeah, man, fuck street shitters, man. They're the worst, dude. Have you ever been in one's house? Uh, No. Just smells like curry and and bro. Ew. 
It smell it's it's overwhelming. <laughs> I I was uh, at a job where I had to work in people's homes, um, and I knocked on this dude's door and got invited in with his family. And it wasn't anywhere near like a meal time, but it just smelled like something foul was being cooked with like too many like insanely strong spices. They had all this like, you know, like the I don't know what is like the Hare Krishna elephant shit on the wall with like all this like gold everywhere. It was uh, it's a horrible place to be. It's dirty. <laughs> and Jews houses smell like mothballs, bro. There was a Jewish neighborhood I had to do some work in. Uh, years ago and I had to go in like multiple houses in that neighborhood and dude they all just reeked of mothballs it's it was so weird and there were a lot of them were orthodox there's but, a uh the, the neighborhood I live in no docs I won't say but um it has a lot of Jews in it a lot of Hasidic Jews oh God. and and like I was just you know just remarking the other day I went to the grocery store and, and I guess I've been going to the same grocery store for maybe at this point, like five years. So, um, having got more conscious of their, uh, you know, presence, I guess going the other day, I just, I happened upon a family of Hasidic Jews and all the guys are wearing Crocs, bro. Like <laughs> <laughs> with the suit and the, and the button down shirt and the little, you know, uh, whatever thing on the head, but with Croc shoes and they all look like they haven't bathed in days and like their Jewish daughter is like spinning the little thing as I'm trying to, you know, uh, check out. Yeah. Well, not, not the dreidel mm. like where you put the, where the bags are, but anyways, oh, yeah, just yeah, in yeah. the way and, and they're making all sorts of like snide comments and talking shit to each other. And they just kind of like slouch by in a way that, uh, they're just kind of leering about, I don't know. It, it it's, it's a funny thing that I used to see them and be like, Oh look, Hasidic Jews. And now I'm like, Oh look, you know, like these motherfuckers. <laughs> oh look. Kikes. Slimy they are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they're nasty like, Crocs on. They have the like bathed in days, you know? It's so gross, dude. Yeah. They're basically like niggers, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> they are kind of like niggers. Too. I mean, that's my thing, man. Like, I'm I'm cool with niggers. Like I I can make friends with niggers. You know, uh, Jews. Yeah, I can't make friends with Jews. Yeah, I, I mean I can uh, I can be on friendly terms with a uh, a man of African American descent, but <clears throat> I will avoid it at all. You costs. mean you mean nigger? Yeah, I mean <laughs> nigger. Yeah, yeah, I mean these days I'm 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 like laughing at niggers, but. I'm not really mad at them. I'm more mad at the Jews, you know, um, like I don't really blame the nigger for his lot in life. Cause it's not his fault. He's here. Uh, Jews did that, you know? Well, that's just like how they, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess you could like not blame Jews too. Cause that's just how they are. And like, if you're going to not blame blacks, like, you know, that's just how they are. They're violent and stupid. Uh, yeah. And Jews are are conniving and uh, get pawns to do their work for them. Well, that's saying like uh, Mike Enoch said it one time. You know, he's like, you know, I, you know, he's like, I'm not mad at niggers. Niggers can be funny. I, I'll <laughs> enjoy a nigger comedian. Exactly. You know, like I'm not, I'm not mad at niggers, man. It's the Jews that brought them here that I'm mad at. Yeah, I've been watching true. Tyler Perry movies recently, personally. Oh, uh, dude. 
<laughs> too, too far, dude. Come on. I have actually seen a, a Tyler Perry movie. I saw, uh, what was it? Medea. Medea's Family Reunion. Well, that I'm, shit I'm, is the most annoying fucking shit on earth. It's basically man. an evolved minstrel show at this point. It is. I mean, it is 100%. You know, so, <laughs> well, because he's like that. It's okay, right? He's stereotyping himself there. Like, he's stereotyping the, the fat, loud, obnoxious old black woman. Oh, it's you so know? bad, dude. It's, they it's... do it to themselves, and then they get mad when, when uh, you know, we put on the silly black voice. Like, excuse me. Excuse me, she. What best, you do? Best part for me, and I actually did watch Medea Goes to Jail recently, like, uh, you know. But uh, <laughs> the best like, part for me. Somebody make you a bet. Like, what you <laughs> was noticing how uh, they go back and forth from like super stupid like fart humor to super serious dramatic like uh love interest you know i'm i'm taking all your money but uh there's some sort of a divorce scenario i'm taking all your money but like you should still love me sort of thing like it's it was weird like these these hard like pivots i think like, that's every tyler perry movie it's like yeah yeah and then like oh there's this soulful uh deep black romance story yeah but like j- just back and forth, no transition, just from one to yeah. the other. And it, <laughs> I guess that's kind of like how black psychology works. They're on like two modes, like, you know, fart humor. And then like, man, we'd be so deep and like so soulful, so, you know? So, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the that's what I used to actually talk to my mom about that a long time ago about why I hate Tyler Perry movies. She's very much... Uh, she is she is racist, but she will die before she admits it. Um, she's like a super Southern belle. And I, I've heard her say nigger a million times, but if uh, if you told her she said that, she would swear up and down she didn't. But um, right. I was talking to her about the Medea movies, and I was like, I was like, Mom, no, it's just like you know the the Medea being all loud and screaming and shit, and then in like a split second, just I'm gonna fuck you. Yeah. you know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> My favorite bits were when she's in court and she's dealing with the judge and she's trying to explain herself. <laughs> it's just fucking, yeah. It was it was good. I'm sorry. It's funny. It's fucking funny. It was Mike, good. Mike Enoch confirmed correct again. Uh, black people can be funny, but that's about it. <laughs> what else we got? Oh, I love Dave Chappelle. <laughs> Yeah, I just never really paid much mind to any, like, black comedians or, I don't know. I just never watched any, like, I've watched that Medea movie, and that might be, like, the one black movie I've really watched, I think. But, I don't know, I just never liked any of their media. The only thing I ever was really, well, not exposed to, but really ever, like, was around to listen enough to was, like, some rap when I was in high school. Oh, God. I can't stand rap. I used to love Richard Pryor. He was pretty good. Eddie Murphy. Richard Pryor was kind of funny. I did. I did get some Richard Pryor. He was kind of funny. Eddie Murphy was hilarious. Yep. Think so. Stand up was funny as shit. Yeah. Did y'all like that nutty professor? Nah, man. The only Eddie Murphy that was any good was when he was like, uh, uh, he was telling stories about his childhood, and he was like, uh, I had an aunt named Bunny. And she was not a bunny. <laughs> and I heard like, recently how uh, like blacks ruined sci-fi because of Will Smith. I thought it was a hot take. Cause, and I actually saw Men in Black recently again for the first time in years. 
And he's just like, oh, shit, you know, the whole time, basically. Yeah, yeah. He's like, is you fucking kidding me? And then starts shooting the aliens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and whatever. There was that, and then there was that, like, Android movie he did, like, iRobot or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, I do remember iRobot, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the- it's, he, like, has the movies where it's, like, the type of shit where he's, like, the monster comes up, and then he says to his partner, he's right behind me, isn't he? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that corny-ass shit. <laughs> No, it's basically like Black's reacting to magic show stuff, you know? Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> That's funny, bro. Oh, shit! And then they start jumping around. Run yeah, around. They, they, like, run a mile away and run back when they get excited. <laughs> <laughs> I love when they do that shit. Just yeah, start yeah, no, I had no idea. Surf. I knew Will Smith was big back in the day, but I had no idea he was big for that reason. He literally was, like, uh, you know, Chris Tucker sort of tier shit like just he's a scientologist too is he really yeah him and his and his weird ass wife are scientologists i've been watching a bunch of scientology shit lately (laughs) i have i have it's free it's freaky bro i literally had a dream last night about scientology and it was like it was actually like really terrifying i've got a big ass church of scientology building down the street from me oh dude go burn it down those people are evil there's this one nigger that dresses like he's out of the 1700s. He's got a long beard, top hat with a cane, and he walks to the Scientology building every day. I see him a couple times. Whoa, whoa, yeah, they're, whoa, they're whoa, bro. Why you got to dox me, bro? <laughs> I cut it out. Um, this guy looks like extraterrestrial, though. He might be, you know, in touch with aliens well, or some I shit. I can guarantee know. you they're sucking him for every nigger penny he has. Oh, yeah. So fuckers will just suck your suck your life dry he looked good though he's styling you know what i'm saying is, is he cool yeah man <laughs> yeah man. You know, like his name's billy <laughs> yeah. oh snap dude damn man my wife's wearing uh mauled football jersey and uh yikes <laughs> <laughs> I I ain't, I ain't never want to get up in a linebacker so bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Tell her I said hi. I miss her. I miss hearing too long. Just sweet. Case penis. misses you. Case misses you, babe. Tell oh. her oh, she's a sweet pea. Aww. Well, not only is she a sweet pea. But uh, she's also. A, oh my yeah. god, dude, that's the hottest shirt she's ever wore. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know. I used to play football back in the day. I, I am not surprised by that at all. What was I your? I feel uh, like you just mowed people down. What was your position? Uh, linebacker, defensive back, DB. All right. Yeah, dude. Of course, you were a linebacker. Yeah. Oh, dude, man, I, I, I'd intercept the fuck out of some passes. Hell yeah. Yeah, I never played football. The first time I played football, uh, I, I played other sports, but I played football and the, uh, I broke something like the first game. <laughs> so I was out. <laughs> I mean, I only did it because my, my, uh, my dad like told me he'd pay me if I tried out. Uh, so I made the team and then I broke, <laughs> broke something. And I was out. <laughs> it's the only time I ever played football. My dad yeah. was out a, a couple dozen. 
fuck? I, I joined in high school because if I didn't join, we didn't have a team. It was like the first year they had it. So I ended up offensive line like a buck 20 getting my ass kicked all year. <laughs> yeah. <maybe laughs> nice. oh, I can't imagine you playing football good. Dude. Like you get just like dug in the fucking ground, bro. Basically just like slammed in the ground and fell on top of all season. And then oh, my yeah. buddy, uh, when it was over, he was like, hey, man, you going to see you out here next year. I'm like, fuck, no. <laughs> we go back to listening to metal. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be real good at football. Uh, you know, I, I had some scouts come one time um, from uh, the Pecos Bills. And uh, they came and scouted me out. They wanted me to come play for their fucking, like, you know, farm team or whatever. And uh, I was only, like, 15, man. I was like, shit, dude. I don't know, dude. I don't know if I can play for y'all. And uh, they were like, nah, it's no problem, man. We'll we'll graduate you out of high school. No deal. You know? <laughs> we'll graduate you out of high school. Yeah. Well, no problem. And I was it's like, Child shit. slavery. I was like, shit, dude. I don't know. All right. Sounds good. Isn't that yeah, what they're doing? though? Sounds good, man. And they were like, what's your last name? I said, <laughs> and they were like, oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, totally, dude. We're totally. Uh, wait, wait, what? <laughs> they're like, uh, we thought your last name was Rodriguez. I was like, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Got the wrong cat. Wait, we thought you were Deontay Washington or, or whoever yeah. the fuck. Fucking, uh, what's that one dude, man? There's there's one dude that's going into the draft now. Is like, his name, his first name is DeColdis. DeColdis? Yeah, DeColdis Jackson or some shit like that. DeColdis, man. He's the coldest one. Coldest he nigga. De- he DeColdis. <laughs> Cold. I think his middle name is to ever do it. <laughs> to ever do it. I'm I'm dude, I'm not even shitting you guys. Like y'all need to look this up. The coldest. The coldest to, to ever do it. <laughs> I hope so. No way, know. bro. <laughs> I I can't. Dude, I'm, I am not I don't I'm that's the thing shitting. as far as nigger names come. Like Wait, hold I'm, on a sec. Hold on. I'm a never sec. surprised. Anymore. Like, yeah, look, yeah, 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 yeah. Jamie, look that shit up. Oh, <laughs> that the coldest to ever do it, Crawford commits to Alexander. <laughs> Shut up, Bruh. Oh man, I think the the to ever do it is like a his nickname though. But yeah, it's it's D E apostrophe <laughs> coldest, and then in in a uh, quotation marks to ever do it. Crawford. Wow. I wish him the best. He's going to Arkansas. I always said LSU. Oh, LSU. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll fit in. I'm just in awe. It's incredible. That's that's that Louisiana shit, man. (laughs) (laughs) Louisiana is, I mean, there's some nice white people in Louisiana, but goddamn, dude. I I broke down in Louisiana and I thought I was going to get killed. Is not in the part of Louisiana you want to break down in. We lived in that part. Yeah, what was you south of I ten? I don't even remember. Uh, I think it was near Lake Charles. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Says it all. It was rough out there, man. 
There was that uh, I passed that casino and it was just all niggers at that casino, kind of by the border. Yeah, dude, yeah, they're nasty down there too, man. They're they're always in like stained wife beaters, just like looking like they fell into an oil slick, all shiny and shit. All right, so this is the question I need, we need to discuss. I've I've heard that down south niggas are grimier than up north niggas, and then I've heard up north white guys say that that's not true. It's south niggas for sure. I I think so, but but well, then I, I think heard, they are meaner here, bro. Because like yeah. my, my home state is like still in the south, but uh, there wasn't oh, as man. many of them there. Here it's just like they're 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 mad all the time, and uh, they can be shitheads to you because there's so fucking many of them. But I've also heard that like Detroit niggas or whatnot act up or something like that, like Chicago niggas or something, right? Well, or, Chicago niggas are just all murderers. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean that that's the thing with niggers down here is that they they just don't give a fuck. I mean, they they right. act how they want to act. Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, dude, the most entitled niggers ever that I've ever ran into are Virginia and Maryland niggers. Really, dude, Those Maryland niggers are crazy. I went through Maryland a little <laughs> bit. You saw that fucking video. I think of uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yelling at that dude in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, fucking <laughs> crazy. Dude. That was in Maryland. Yeah, dude, those Baltimore niggas are fucking crazy. <laughs> They're gangbangers, yeah. dude. Their gangbangers are homeless. Jeez, that's true, and that and that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, niggers down here, you know, they you run into them. Especially when you go to the big cities, you know, you run into the fucking, uh, the light, creamy skin, fucking, uh, got their, got their hair shaved down, all that. But, uh, you know, once you get out in the actual hinterlands, man, they ain't that bad, really. Right. Most of them hold door open for you and call you sir, you know? Yeah, I mean, again, they're kind of like that where I'm originally from. It's like half and half, half horrible half like uh not as horrible but everyone where in the state that we're in is i hate i can't stand going outside dude and it's like not even as bad where i am compared to uh the big city and everything but the big city is crazy man i've only been through there a couple times like in the actual city and damn uh i just would not want to go through there just a few minutes away from like where uh, i usually go up there there were kids selling like water, like kids, like teenage kids selling water at like this, um, this like intersection. And, uh, this guy was filming him and the kid just like opens up his bag and he's got three fucking guns in that little bag. He's just like, I got nice. the glicks, man. Nice. <laughs> like nigger, you're 13. I need three glicks. You know how they got those little scooters that you hop on the electric yeah, ones, yeah. the bird yeah. scooters or whatever. Have you all been down and like had a nigger go by you at like 50 miles an hour on one of those things? Almost clip they you. They do it and do it all the time, bro. Oh, it's great. Now what they're doing is they're taking those little scooters. They're sitting on either side of the highway at the light uh, on on the like the little like uh, shoulder in the middle of the road, like 15 of them at a time with their little scooters and their backpacks and stuff, like trying, <laughs> to, get, trying to get cash from cars going by. Yeah, yeah. Brought, in the middle of the day, like on a weekday. You know, One like, little nigger got killed uh, on his scooter <laughs> around here, man. He got absolutely fucking uh, just slammed by a car. It was pretty funny. Jesus. 
You ought to, you ought to call ghost. You ought to call your uh, big lip cousin boot lip. <laughs> That's one of my favorites, <laughs> man. Boot lip or suitcase lip. Just saying. Well, he's man, cool. He's cool. Him. Actually, this is my uh, my dad's, uh, you know, sister's son, right? So, like, side of the family, I don't I don't talk to that often, but. He and I and his wife got into race politics last time I saw them, and they're on board 100%. They're just, uh, you know, not really. Yeah, I bet they are if they live around. Yeah, I mean, they get it. They're just like, yeah, that's just a little scary when you start, like, teetering on national socialism or whatnot. Or Is it it really, though? It was funny, though, because his wife is a big Catholic, so I started. I love, like, it's funny. Some of the guys on TRS, like, they. They, they used to be leftist or like left-leaning libertarians, so they know how to approach guys uh, with our politics from the left. But like it's always been funny to me to hear them say that that's the best like breeding ground for new recruits because to me, I see guys on the right that are right there. They just need a little nudge. Uh, yeah. And his wife yeah, is, no. ca- is Catholic, and so I was able to talk religion about the Jews with her and discuss the Talmud and whatnot. And before the night was over, they were like, yeah. You're right. We get it. You know. <laughs> yeah. Fuck All right. See you in the morning. You know. <laughs> so you can pretend like we never yeah. had this conversation. I guess. But yeah, yeah, dude, I've I've had that with uh, multiple like older people. Like, but I, and I think I've I mentioned this to y'all before. But like, you'll talk to boomers about this shit. And you'll get them to agree with you, and the very next day they'll be like, "Man, you gotta quit with all this Jew oh, stuff." Yeah. yeah. It's very Jewish of them oh, yeah. that our uncle made a comment about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's my mom, man. You know, it's, my mom. <laughs> it's true, man. Like my mom's uh, a boomer and she grew up through uh, the fucking civil rights movement and all that shit. Yeah. And uh, so, I, I mean, you know, she's still to this day, she'll, you know, tell you. Oh, you know, there's a difference between black people and niggers. Right. You know, that's the, like, yeah, you know, that's you know, what my mom used to say. Now yeah. she won't even say that. She'll say yeah, like, yeah. well, these cops need to stop killing these young black men out there. And I'm just like, <laughs> all right, I'll talk to you later. But that's that's my mom saying like, you know, whenever I whenever I start in, you know, because I can't help it. It's my mom and she needs to know, I guess. Right. You know, I don't know. Anyway, when I started on the Jews, she's like, I don't understand. I can understand you not liking blacks, but I don't understand what your problem is with the Jews. And I'm like, well, right. Yeah, I know. I'll tell you, Ma. I mean, I just told you. You but know, I'll tell you again. I just went on an hour long diatribe about it, but okay. <laughs> we can girlfriend. do this again. My girlfriend said the same thing to me recently, and then I just started pointing out every kike on television to her when she was watching TV. And uh, actually, this week, I have to admit, she she said, yeah, I get it, like what they're trying to do. I understand. Yeah, dude, my, my girl has become an expert in spotting them. All you, do, all you do is point them out. If you got somebody in your life that you spend a lot of time with, and they're like, yeah, I'm not just so sure about this JQ thing, just be like, yeah, that's a Jew, that's a Jew. That, like, everything they yeah, don't yeah. like. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah. All yeah, the ass. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm so proud of her, though, when we watch stuff, and she's just like, oh, he's definitely Jewish. And I'm just like, yes. <laughs> so right. That's what, that's what my wife said, man. She's like, 
you got you Nazis ruined TV. I can't watch TV. <laughs> Good. TV sucks. Well, you. Know. Right, That's right. what I say too. Good TV sucks. Get your ass out in the yard and start putting that back to that work. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's, that's not what thing. you say. My, my girlfriend isn't even very political, but she loves she's TV race. She likes TV, so I've started making little comments here and there about stuff, and she gets mad because she's like, "You're not letting me enjoy my entertainment. You're making me think about stuff. You're making me analyze what I'm being shown." I'm like, "Well, yeah, that's kind of the point, you know." <laughs> You're turning my brain on. God forbid. Oh no! And, and then I'm watching stuff with her I haven't watched in years, and I'm like seeing all the you know LGBT um, advertising that I I didn't notice last time, like years ago, you know. And uh, yeah, it's just funny. Uh, but the the whole thing with the boomers, I heard something this week actually that I thought was pretty interesting. The idea that, uh, you know. The older you get, the more you realize, like, scope of history. Like, I'm, I won't say my age, but I'm uh, old enough now to look back. And, 70. Sorry. <laughs> 70. I was going to say 12. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but to look back and, and know about things that people not much younger than me just don't remember. Uh, and the boomers, like, they actually lived through, like, my dad, for instance, uh, you know, was growing up uh, in the 60s. I won't say how old or whatever, but point being like for him that was like his heyday that was like his experience of what reality was and so the whole like martin luther king civil rights media blitz is for a lot of these people it's just what reality is like they don't yeah, have that's they my don't, dad, sure they have no other vector for evaluating society because that was just like imprinted at the time and now yeah. just follow like what they follow and they've already kind of made up their their mind about the past there's no going back and revising you know that programming or what yeah their big war like wasn't you know for like usually for guys our age our parents and stuff like their big war was like the civil rights stuff you know right. one world war ii it was uh their struggle was like you know sometimes vietnam but a lot of it like was just mentally that civil rights shit and they like can't get out of that uh that mindset of like well this is what's happening because it was counterculture back then right and now our shit is counterculture uh so you know the way that they rebelled is by uh saying yeah niggers are just like us and isn't it funny how there was that massive like social criticism of vietnam in the 60s when the last war got almost no further scrutiny from the public yeah you know what i mean yeah it's kind of convenient they were they were fighting the the great evil right right self-aware white man yeah the great evil of communism Oh boy! <laughs> oh wait, man! Wait, Bill, didn't we side with communism against Nazi Germany? I, 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 do I have that wrong? Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait! Hold on! <laughs> didn't we? Didn't we side with the communists? Oh yeah, well you know. Yeah, that's for that one thing to get rid of those bad guys in Germany, you know. But yeah, yeah it was the, the lesser of two evils. But Antifa yeah, was yeah. good when they were fighting the Nazis, but they're not good now, right, guys? Uh, yeah. Right. Oh, I love yeah, those. Because, you know, your grandfather was Antifa before Antifa was cool. <laughs> yeah, dude, I love seeing those retarded-ass pictures of, like, uh, American World War II vests. It's like the original Antifa. Yeah. And it's like, 
their fucking great grandchild is a goddamn pink haired fucking overweight piece of yeah. shit. That's what I was yeah. say. Those are my favorite memes. The World War II vet with the black grandchild just like looking right. at his school. Yeah. Right. Was it worth like, it, guy? Was it worth it? He's like, what am I doing here? Uh, you blew it. Look, I'm taking a picture with a nigger. Terrible, man. Man, we did them boys wrong, man. 100%. The other fun thing to uh, talk about. You know, I've been I've been thinking a lot about talking to normies recently because I think sometimes we go back and forth between it's not worth even trying. But um, one of the funny things to talk to normies about is World War II because all you have to do is say everything is Hitler now. If you're a Democrat, Trump is Hitler. If you're a Republican, the FBI is Hitler, right? So that's been one of my most fun things to point out recently is like, we have not been able to get past who is Hitler. Doesn't that mean that Hitler is the most important political figure in in world history? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like, you know, people 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 don't actually know who Adolf Hitler was. They just know him as uh, the greatest enemy our country has ever faced by God. But um right, yeah, the guy, I mean, the guy for who one day for no reason at all just woke up and decided to genocide 6 million Jews, right? No reason at all. Right. Anyway, guys, I got to hop off. I'm about to get screamed at by the woman and I'm fucking exhausted as well. But, uh, y'all got anything else? Uh, you know, tell, uh, home girl I said hi. I will. Yeah, me too, bro. I'll, I'll see her. I'll see her soon. <laughs> will you? Will you really? All right, fellas. Well, much love. much love, guys. It was fun. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, and thanks for getting on tonight, guys. It was fun. Um, anyway, hail victory and all that shit. Hail. Hail victory. All right, boys, check this out, man. There's something I've been noticing lately, and this is some of that Jerry Seinfeld observational humor. But I've been noticing, man, that, you know, a lot of the unwashed masses of the brown hordes that infect our country seem to be getting outdoors, doing more outdoor activities these days. And it, it really kind of upsets me. You know, I, I can't even go to the golf course. I can't go out on a hiking trail. I can't even hardly go uh, camping or, hell, picnic out in the park with my family without being surrounded by a slew of some nappy-headed hoes, in the words of the late, great Don Imus. And I tell you, man, it's just getting bad out there, you know? You know, there are a lot of pajits out there, especially out hiking, out there fucking stinking up the trail with the scent of fucking curry and B.O. And, but coons, man, coons, they're obviously the worst. They're always the worst, right? They're always talking loud, stinking, fucking bringing some bluetooth speaker with them playing loud music bunch of fucking coon tunes and fucking every other word in it is a fucking swear word you know out there playing it in public playing it in front of children hell they own children they don't give a damn right so it's gotten pretty rough man and i tell you boys i'm about fed up i'm i'm fed up to the gills with it all right and if one of y'all don't come up with something a solution for this.
And I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I probably, I probably ain't going to do a whole lot because, I mean, I, I ain't going back to prison. You know what I'm saying, man? Y'all mean, dog, she. But I did come up with a solution. Actually, this works for me. And uh, this is just to get them out of my immediate vicinity. It don't work to keep them out of the fucking parks and everything else like that. But it gets them out of my fucking hair so I can at least enjoy my day. And uh, that's I, about three weeks ago, I got me a German Shepherd. And I tell you, man, if there's one thing that blacks and other minorities are afraid of, man, is is dogs. They don't really like white people with big dogs. And one breed in particular that they are just scared to death of is the German fucking Shepherd. So we got this German Shepherd. We named him Dolphy. And uh, we take him around everywhere. Now, you know, we got him a little vest. says service animal on it. And uh, whenever we go somewhere, somebody says, well, you can't bring that dog in here. You know, I put some little sunglasses on my son and I let him walk the dog. I say, that's that's my son's service dog. Can't you see? Because he can't. <laughs> you know? And so they don't ever ask nothing or whatever. They just let us go. And uh, I tell you, it works good. We was at a restaurant last week, and uh, we walked in there with old Dolphy. And wouldn't you know it, man, the host is there at the fucking host station by the front door. Because this was a fancy joint. Now, this, this is one of them places where you got to wait to be seated. You know what I mean? There wasn't no down uh, Mickey D's. And so, well, you know what, man? She took us around and set us over there at the table right next to a fucking big-ass party of fucking blue gum boot-lip motherfuckers. Goddamn. Every single one of them, man, 17 of the motherfuckers. And every single one of them was 300-plus on the hoof. You know, fucking just laughing and hooting and hollering. And now, um, loud as shit. You can hear them at the front door when you first walked in. But as soon as we rounded that corner and they saw that German Shepherd, oh, man, they shut right the fuck up. It was awesome. And I could hear them murmuring as we was sitting down at the table like, oh, shit, that one of them police dogs. Shit, shit we're going to get out of here. Shit, I'll, I'll be holding. Yeah, shit, I don't know if it be looking for drugs or bombs or what, guns, but I'll be holding. Shit. So, they paid their bill, and they got right the fuck on. Didn't leave no tip, of course. Uh, but they didn't even finish their ribs, man. You believe that? So, that shit works, man. Fucking take that German Shepherd around, man. Coons get right the fuck out the way, dude. It's like turning on light switch in the middle of the night, man. All the cockroaches go scurrying. It's gone. It's awesome, dude. But, I'll tell you something else that works, too. Another secondary strategy I've developed in case, uh, coon don't see my dog or they're too far away to notice it whatever you know say we're at the park and some coons blasting drake or kane west or whatever the latest fucking jigaboo star is well, i got me a little bluetooth speaker too i went and i found the loudest one i could find i got me a little playlist that i play now, I know what you boys are probably thinking. It's probably some bluegrass music, some deliverance shit, some banjos, or maybe even some bagpipes or something. No, no, it ain't that. It ain't even Garth Brooks or none of that shit, man. I got me a playlist with some Mozart, Beethoven, fucking Bach. Fucking, what's that one dude's name? Fucking, uh, from Tombstone, uh, Frederick fucking Chopin. 
all them guys, man. And uh, I turned that shit up to 11 and snatched the knob off. Ain't nobody turning that down, boy. We're going to blast these music, these, these fucking niggers out, boy. And that works, too. You know, they can't stand to hear that shit. They can't stand to hear no kind of, you know, high cognitive functioning inducing music. They hate it. So they'll use the vacate premises once I start playing that shit, too. So there you go, man. There's some strategies for you. Like I said, until we can, uh, you know, kick these uh, <laughs> lesser vans out of the country and send them back to West Africa, India, wherever the fuck they come from, Guatemala, wherever. Until we can do that, man, just get them out of your immediate vicinity. You might want to think about getting you a German Shepherd. Hell, you, these days you might want to think about getting you two. Maybe in absolute terms, not that huge in numbers, a few hundred people, but a very significant showing. And then when the march began, it was these animalistic chants, these grunting and um, very explicit anti-Semitic chants. Uh, and they were so enthusiastic. They were so pumped. It was really scary. Scary. Scary yes. because for, for your own safety or scary for what might happen uh, because of the clash of opposing um, ideologies or views or whatever? Well, scary that they had so many adherents willing to show up and show their face, first of all. America's a really scary place, man. It's a dead and a fractured land. Yeah, the whole damn place is a disgrace, man All the good guys getting banned All the trash is coming out the woodwork Defending oligarchical crime And I won't be amazed if they throw us all in chains Said the scum from the New York Times Oh, every kid to media is yelling tremble You're the devil All the fake news is shaking in the shoes Wringing their hands I gotta say, man That every meadow politician's cowering in his prime I won't be amazed if they throw us all in chains at the scum from the New York Times. One even in an itty bitty soy boy, working for Vice magazine, ended up in the clink as a boy toy after fleeing a car crash scene. He was begging Tyrone, don't hurt me, I'm an ally, don't you see? Now I better think twice for he bashes up the right, but I ain't got no sympathy. Fuck him. Every kid to media gets his yelling tremble. You're the devil. All the fake news is shaking in the shoes, wringing their hands. I gotta say, man, that every pedo politician's cowering in his prime. And I won't be amazed if they throw us on the chains at the scum from the New York Times. You can't say that my words are treason Cause my lands belong to me And to every era there's a season And we're making history All you bastards better get to running Cause you'll be swinging from every tree And it ain't even me that you're gonna have to flee It's Generation Z Get em! Every kid to media is his yelling tremble You're the devil All the fake news is shaking in the shoes Wringing their hands Gotta say, man, that every pedo politician's cowering in his prime. And I won't be amazed if they throw us all a chance at the scum from the
tremble. You're the devil. All the fake news is shaking in the shoes, wringing their hands. I gotta say, man, that every pedal politician's cowering in his prime. And I won't be amazed if they throw us all in chains at the scum from the New York Times.